Welcome to your weekly sober analysis of past and present leadership failures and successes, all taken direct from the headlines and all in under 10 minutes. I'm your host, Hassan Sorrells, and welcome to Leader Buzz. And I quote, you live in a deranged age, more deranged than usual, because despite great scientific and technological advances, man has not the faintest idea of who he is or what he is doing. Close quote. Walt Walker Percy. And I quote, the root of all our problems lies in the heart of man. That heart is full of sin, from self-deceit to base desires. The point of human existence is to find God, worship God, and to move past, not our biology, but our flawed morality. Close quote. Hassan Sorrells. Technology, supermen. Technology, as merely a set of tools, will not save us. Two weeks ago, uh, or maybe it was closer to a month ago, the venture capitalist, investor, and entrepreneur, Mark Andreessen, he of Sequoia Capital and A16Z fame, published a blog post that has generated a lot of heat and fire for some of its claims. In the post, a manifesto, if you will, according to Andreessen, he claims many, many things, but the biggest three things that he claims are as follows. Claim number one, Technology can solve all human problems, and that technology always has solved all human problems. Uh, point number two, capitalism can provide for all human needs, and capitalism always has provided for all human needs. Point number three, capitalism combined with technology, unfettered by government interference and human fear, can save all humans in the world from want in the future. And then, not to be reductionist, Andreessen closes his manifesto, his writing, with an appeal to the reader, in the words of the former Great Britain Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher to former President George H.W. Bush upon the eve of the first Persian Gulf War. Andreessen basically encourages his readers to don't go all wobbly on the promise of the gee whiz technologies scheduled to launch in the near future, or in a future close to you right now. As usual, as soon as the manifesto was published, the predictable people had the predictable responses, all the way from he's just a rich guy who really doesn't mean mean it when he says he wants everyone to be richer, all the way to he's just venal and stupid. Technology can't overcome. Name your apocalyptic progressive scenario here. Of course, there is a lesson in this release and in the responses to it for leaders, but it doesn't completely lie in the majority responses to the manifesto itself, nor does the lesson lie in the majority thinking about capitalism and technology <clears throat> that Andreessen and many others of his ilk promote in Silicon Valley. The lesson, as usual, lies deep, buried in the minority report of the manifesto. The Minority Report. Our collective thinking in the Western world about technology and capitalism is reflected in both Andreessen's manifesto and in the responses to it. 
The responses reveal a poverty of thought and a worldview that prioritizes materialism over everything else. So does the manifesto. Whether we agree with Andreessen's assertions or not, the fact is that underneath all the libertarianism and technological homerism, there lies a foundation of materialism that is as godless and bereft of understanding of the vagaries of the human heart as was ever in history. Albert Einstein, as quoted by Alan Moore in Watchmen, lamented the release of atomic power into the hands of people whose hearts were corrupted. But we, in the year of our Lord, live in a fallen world where the constant struggle against our base desires causes human beings to fall into all manner of apostasies and to believe Gnostic ideas that make our ears itch but do absolutely nothing to change our trajectory away from spiritual ruin and towards spiritual goodness. Don't get me wrong. Andreessen is to be commended for mounting a robust defense of large language models, euphemistically called artificial intelligence, and the economic systems that will undergird their scaling in the future during a time in the West when we are in the final throes of atheistic nihilism and the atheistic nihilists are having their last scream at the clouds. But no one has or will write a poetic ode to scale or to systems or to models. Now, that's not to say that those things aren't important. They are. It is not to say that those things are not the most important things. It is to say that those things are not the most important things to put at the top of a very narrow and steep hierarchy. And particularly if you are the one that such a placement ultimately helps materially. The minority report here comes from the quote from Walker Percy that opens the manifesto and that I began with today. I would assert, as many theologians would, that Percy knows deeply the reason we don't have the quote-unquote faintest idea of who we are or what we are doing, and that is because we are missing leadership, robust, manifesto-driven leadership that talks out loud, loudly, about the transcendent things of this earth and makes assertions about opposing worldviews like technological materialism that forces those worldviews to stand or fall without an appeal to Judeo-Christian values, ethics, or morals. After all, the Judeo-Christian God is quote-unquote dead, right? We should be able to construct new gods out of silicone, bytes, and data that will do for us what the old God never could. A theology of tools. What we need to understand, and as leaders to advocate for, is a theology that governs our use of tools, work, and wealth. I borrow liberally in this thinking from the author, theologian, and all-around provocateur, Doug Wilson, who never met a Mark Andreessen he didn't like, uh, for this idea. So here's a couple of quotes from him, and I quote, And so here's my central thesis. Technology in all its forms is a type of wealth. The Bible contains no warnings about technology as such, but is crammed with warnings about the bias of wealth. Which way does wealth set us up? The Bible says that the wealthy are tempted to hubris, self-sufficiency, lack of concern for the poor, oppression, and the rest of that sorry lot. Wealth is a good thing, but it brings temptations. A lot of wealth is a lot of a good thing, but it brings with it a lot of temptations. Close quote. 
and, and I quote, the constant and ever-present temptation is the church is the, in the church is the Gnostic temptation of locating sin in the stuff, sin in the matter, sin in the wealth, sin in the technology, instead of locating it where it belongs, in the heart of man. Close quote. Any thought process that leaders engage with must engage with the worldview of where we locate sin. It's not located in the scale, the systems, or the models. It's not located in the manifestos, the critiques, or the criticisms, or even in the supports. Remember, it's what comes out of the mouth of a man that is poison. Changing hearts and minds with an appeal to techno-optimism is a good start if your audience is obsessed by climate change, alarmism, overpopulation, and the dreaded resurgence of COVID-19. But we can't build a vision of the future of the West on the backs of mere techno-optimism or techno-pessimism. That's a non-starter. Instead, leaders, build a vision of the future based on locating Gnostic temptations to locate sin everywhere except for the root, going as deep as possible in relationship with other people to dig that root out, and then celebrate with joy the future kingdom that will come through the work on the human heart of Jesus Christ. And well, that's it for me.